Welcome to the Village Church Podcast. Thanks for stopping by and taking the time to listen. We've prayed that this podcast channel blesses and encourages the Village family. So lean in with an open heart, eager to grow, and enjoy the episode. Hey, so uh, because I haven't been here for four years, I thought it'd be a a really good uh, opportunity to start with five facts. Five facts about me. Is that cool? Do you want to hear some facts? Okay, number one, here we go. Number one, I am married to a supermodel. Her name is Brianna, and I have four awesome kids. I've got uh, Benji, who is six next week. I've got Nevaeh, who is eight. Shyla is 11, and Jaden, who is 15. So that's four kids, although sometimes Breezy talks to her friends about her five kids. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) She was never that good at math, obviously. (laughs) Number two... I played rugby for Canterbury. Oh, that, did that not impress you at all? <laughs> I played rugby for Canterbury. Go the Chiefs! When I was eight. <laughs> Number three, this is legit, I used to be a hairdresser. I did. I used to be a hairdresser. That was the first job I ever got fired from. Number four... Now, actually, this is serious, number four. So I asked my pastor, I said, hey, look, when I preach, can I tell this story? Because this story actually does make me look pretty cool. And he said, that's cool. He said, as long as you go in low and be humble, you can tell that story. So here we go. Do you know that this is a fact? St. Bede's College. Can you all say St. Bede's College? St. Bede's College. Good. I still hold the record today at St. Bede's College for my accountancy exam. Like legit, I still hold the record all these years and I still hold the record today for that exam. I got 98%. You see, don't judge a book by its cover. I don't look like the accountancy type, do I? I got 98% wrong. That's... That's 11% right. (laughs) Number five. Number five, I had an idea. I had an idea and Michael, actually, Michael, where's Michael? Just run up here for a sec. This is my friend Michael. That's walking, Michael. (laughs) So this is Michael. Michael travels wherever I go. I've known Michael for seven years and probably you've only liked me for the last three. Would that be fair? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go sit down. So, <laughs> so I used to share the gospel with Michael because Michael was a drug addict. And uh, three years ago, my pastor Wes and I, we laid our hands on Michael. You see, Michael had been into nine rehabs, two mental institutions, because he was so addicted to putting heroin in his veins every single day, three times a day. So nine rehabs, two mental institutions, one prayer, set him free. So amazing. He travels all around the world with me. We go everywhere together. We were, I mean, it's a miracle we're still here. We spent 19 days in Aussie together two weeks ago, and we didn't have one argument, did we? Oh, we kind of had that one. Oh, we had a couple of arguments. (laughs) Anyway, so number five, I I had an idea, and I thought, oh, I better put my timer on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's going great. Uh, I thought to myself, you know, we have drive-in. Everything seems to be drive-in now. Do you know you can even do drive-in banking? What the heck? 
drive-in banking, drive-in McDonald's, drive-in BK. You know it's a problem when you pull up to BK and they go, hey, Des, what's up? <laughs> Same again? <laughs> Shut up, you don't know me. Anyway, I, I thought, what about drive-through gospel? I thought, that's a good idea. Let's do some drive-through gospel. So if we could kill the lights, and I'll get you to have a look at a bit of drive-through gospel. Jesus, he loves you, bro. He's got a plan for your life, man. He loves you. Give your whole life to Jesus. Come on. Jesus, bro, he loves you, man. He's got a plan for your life. Come on, drug it. I mean, if he changed my life, man. He's a dealer. He's a dealer. There was cars that were doing loops. They just keep coming back to get another word. It was amazing. You see, God wants every single one of us to share the gospel. He does. It's not the great suggestion. It's a great commission. Two-thirds of God's name is go. That's deep, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and often I hear of, uh, you know, in prayer meetings that we want to see the neighborhood saved. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. We want to see the nation saved. Yeah, we do. But what if we were to start with one? What if we were just to start with one because every single one of us knows someone who doesn't know the Lord? So my message today is the one. My testimony, super quick. I was really lost and got really found. I walked into a church 25 years ago to meet girls. And I met God. I didn't even believe in God. And he came and totally found me just where I was. I was bathing in my own sin and he didn't say, hey, clean yourself up and come to me. He said, come just the way you are. And maybe he's saying that to you today. Maybe you're trying to do all this stuff to get yourself sorted. Just come just as you are. In 29 minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Not your heart. How tragic would it be to give Jesus your heart when he died for your life? All he wants is all of you. Maybe you're in here and you're lukewarm. Sins come in and you feel a million miles away from him. I want you to know today is the day of breakthrough. No more shackles, no more chains. You can be free. You may be thinking, well, this addiction that I'm stuck in, I'm so trapped. Well, so was Michael. For 25 years, three times a day, pushing those needles in his arms, it was one prayer. One prayer set him free. Not one needle has touched his arm since that day. No one's that lost that they can't be found. No one's that broken that they can't be fixed. No one's that hurt that they can't be healed. I, um, I was doing a, so I travel a lot. Uh, actually, I'm just starting to realise I'm travelling too much. 
to be honest. 90 days in Aussie, it was too much. And uh, so eventually this week, and spent a bit of time on my calendar, actually contacting some churches and saying, sorry, I won't be able to come this year. Because I want to finish well. Billy Graham finished well. Reinhard Bonnke finished well. I want to make sure that I finish well. The front line of my ministry is my family. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's learning, eh? There's a lot of power in being able to say no. Yeah, it's taken a bit to learn that. I'm a bit of a slow learner, but I'm glad. And even, you know, this week I had three invites come in from my, on my email to invite to two in Aussie and one in New Zealand and all three, I just said, no, I can't this year. And it was such a, I didn't feel like, oh man, I'm missing out. It was like a a relief. Right now I'm supposed to be in London preaching at a school, but because of uh, the King, they postponed the conference till uh, October. And so... Yeah. So if you ever see me on social media or whatever and you go, man, he looks like he's traveling too much, line me up and front me. Because I'm not going to save the world and lose my family. It's not happening. Cool. So I was, I was, I was in Aussie. And, and by the way, isn't it awesome? Well, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm halfway there. Isn't it awesome that Peter Dobbs isn't here? I'll tell you why. Because Peter Dobbs is my best friend. I love him dearly. But because he's not here, I decided to wear my pink shoes. Because I knew if Pete was here, he'd say, why are you wearing pink shoes in my church, man? So praise God, I've got my pink shoes on. Anyway, so I was on the Sunshine Coast and we were doing an evangelism school. We had 100 students. And uh, when the, the, the church that organised it, they, they talked to me about it. I said, hey, well, let's do the outreach really well. You know, tonight, what are you doing tonight? Tonight, come over. Like, seriously, you'll get way more out of tonight than what you will watching Netflix. Come over. Because you may be thinking, well, I'm not an evangelist. The reason we're doing it, it, I'd prefer if you're an evangelist, don't come. It's for every other person that doesn't carry that gift mix. Why? Because I believe so. for so many years, the church has thought the evangelist evangelizes. No. What the heck? We're sons and daughters. Why do we share the gospel? Because he's worthy. So I want to encourage you, equip you, challenge you. Got some funny stories tonight. So come along tonight. It'll be awesome. So anyway, so I wanted to do an outreach really well. And I said to to my friends, I said, hey, I've got an idea. And there's a place where you open air preach. and, uh, And it's on the beach on the Sunshine Coast. And there's heaps of people. Well, we've done it a few times there before and it's just, it draws a crowd, it's awesome. So I had this idea. My idea was that I would get up and preach and would get half the students, say 50% of the students, they'd be on my side and they'd go, yeah, come on, preach it, brother. Then the other half of the students would go, shut up, mate, sit down. And it would, the chaos causes a, a crowd, forms a crowd. And then I had another idea I'm a bit of an ideas man, actually. <laughs> Breezy is my ideas filter. And uh, you know how you get those bottles? They look like real bottles, but you smash them and they're not real glass? I thought we need one of them. 
And, uh, and I said to my friend, so what we'll do, I want you to wear, don't wear a Christian t-shirt. Wear like a, an Iron Maiden t-shirt or something. And I want you to heckle me standing there holding the, the beer bottle. And the beer bottle even had, had a Heineken. You probably don't know what that means, actually, Christians. But it had this label that said Heineken on it. So it looked legit. And, and I said, Tom, I want you to start yelling, hey, tough guy, if your God's so real, come down here. And then I come down and then you push me. That will keep drawing the crowd. This was in my head. It was working really well. And then you hit me on the head with the bottle. I fall down. Then you stand up on the bench and you start preaching. He goes, I love it. I said, cool, let's do it. So the whole idea was to preach to as many human beings as we could on the Sunshine Coast. So I said to Breezy, I said, hey, what do you think about this? She said, you've got to be joking. I said, no, it's a great idea. She said, you'll get arrested. So well, we could do a cell group then. <laughs> so, but we went to preach to the crowd. We wanted to preach the gospel, sow seeds, seeds everywhere. So when we get down to the beach and we've been preparing for a couple of days, we had we got three of the bottles. They were $180 for three of those bottles. They're quite dear. And I accidentally broke one. Uh, I hope Bree doesn't listen to this podcast, actually, because she never asked how much they were. Anyway, we got there and the wind was so strong, we just couldn't open air preach. So I said to everyone, all the students, it was 100, and I said, just go, have lunch, have fun, and just take Jesus with you. Just go and be a normal Christian. And uh, so we're just walking around, and I've still got this bottle and bubble wrap in my hand. I, I walk up to this group of young guys. I say, hey, guys, how are you? I just want you to know that God loves you. Oh, yeah, whatever, mate. I said, hey, I've got an idea. See, I've no ideas, man. I said, would you like to smash me in the head with a bottle? They go, Yeah. And then, they, and then one of them friends said, could we film it? And I said, absolutely film it. This is awesome. But if you hit me in the head with a bottle, then I have to pray for you. That's the deal. You can do that, but I have to pray for you. He goes, sweet. So he hits me in the head. It actually hurt. <laughs> and then we got to pray for him in front of his friends. He was 16 years old. It was on his birthday. And as we prayed, you know, I could just feel I'm not a real feely kind of atmosphere kind of guy, but you could just feel the kindness of God just touching him. And then he actually said to us, he said, hey, I want to be an NRL rugby league player. Could you pray that that happens? He said, yeah, man, we'd love to. So we prayed for that. And then five minutes after that, I said, bro, this is the gospel. I shared heaven. I shared hell. Jesus is the only way to the Father. I said, what do you want to do with Jesus? He said, I want to give Jesus my life. On his 16th birthday, we went in for the crowd, but God's after the one. Check this video. Ha, 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 ha. 
worry about anyone. Don't worry about your friends, okay? This is you. We're praying to Jesus. I, want, I go to uh, Catholic school. Do you? Yes, I'm supposed to I was a drug addict. I walked into a church to meet girls yeah. and I met God. He changed my life. So the God that changed my life is going to change your life. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for him. I pray today that you'd reveal yourself to him in such a powerful way. Lord, that this was not a coincidence today that he bottled a crazy Christian guy. But this is, this is just a, a beautiful picture of normal Christianity. Lord, show him how much you love him. Show him you've got a plan for his life. And I pray tonight, even as he sleeps, you'd reveal yourself to him tonight. In your precious name. Amen. Can you pray for me? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. 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 Lord, I thank you that your your word says you'll give us the desires of our hearts. Lord, that he wants to be an NRL rugby league. You make our dreams realities. Lord, but more importantly, show him deep in his heart how much you love him. Amen. God bless you, God bless you, bro. I was an honest be bothered by you, bro. You see, that's not evangelism. Leading someone to Christ is not evangelism. It's just normal Christianity. The Bible says, freely we receive, freely give. And I, and I think often we can sometimes get in this mindset that we need more. And I think sometimes we're praying, God, give me more, give me more faith, give me more boldness, give me more fire, give me more little... Blah, blah, blah. And I think God's going, oh my goodness. Why don't you use what you got? Why don't you use what you got? Acts 8. You've probably heard this story a thousand times preached, and, and I love it. It's one of my absolute favorites. Philip and the eunuch. Angel of the Lord comes to Philip and says, Go south. Actually, in one translation, it says, The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, Get up. You know, I think it's time as the body of Christ that we get up, that we get up and be that city on the hill that God's called us to be. There's people in your life, in your world that need to hear the gospel from your mouth. So I think this is so amazing. The angel of the Lord comes to Philip and says, I want you to go, I want you to go. From Jerusalem to Gazia, I want you to, uh, to, to, to head down the desert road. And so Philip goes. So if God said to me, I want you to go, they reckon it was about 100 kilometres. So maybe from here to Raglan and a bit further. I would probably say, why? I would probably say, if you want me to walk 100Ks, who am I going to talk to? What do you want me to do? I need more. But you see, he just went. And I think it's interesting that he just went because I think sometimes when God tells us to do something, we will filter it and we'll have a thousand ideas why we shouldn't do what God's just asked us to do. I think that's why David ran to take on Goliath. Because when we just act, when God says go and we go, we don't give the devil time because actually the devil's real. You're doing good, man. Don't like talking about that in church much. He's real. He hates your guts. 
He's trying to destroy your life. He's got a plan for your life, just like the Father has. But His plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible actually says He is the Father of lies. So if you walk in, what's the shopping mall around here? Chartwell. You walk into Chartwell today, you wander on in. Lord, church was awesome. I'm inspired. Who do you want me to talk to today in Chartwell? No one today. Have a day off. Do you think he's going to say that? No, he'll go, that one, then that one, then that one, then that one. God wants to use you. The reason I flew up here to pour in is that you would take this with both hands and go, God has called me to share the gospel. God wants to use me. Because if we all start sharing the gospel, this room's not going to be big enough. This room will be the creche. Because there's so many people out there that are desperate and broken. And they they, they need to hear the gospel from your voice. So he meets the eunuch, amazing. The the, the eunuch's reading, the book of Isaiah, all about Jesus, incredible. Eunuch says, why can't I be baptised? Philip goes, yep, let's get it on. Baptise him, bang, amazing. Then Philip takes off. That's a whole new message in itself. But anyway... What I think is so interesting that that's 8, Acts 8, 26. If we go to Acts 8, 4, this here just blows my mind. So we're going back in time. Verse 5, it says this. When the crowds heard Philip, saw the signs he performed, they paid close attention to everything he said. Okay, so this is a young teenage boy. So he's preaching and the crowd's listening. Amazing. Many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So signs and wonders follow the preaching of the gospel. My mum got told, Mrs. Chittle, you are going to die. You've got three months to live. But we didn't believe the doctor's report. We believe the word of God. By his stripes, you are healed. Lay your hands upon the sick, they may recover. No. Lay your hands upon the sick, they could recover. No. Lay your hands upon the sick, they will recover. Mum went into so many different scanners. Mrs. Chettle, sorry, the scanner's doing false readings. That was 22 years ago. The cancer was fierce up her neck into her brain. Totally healed. 100%. Not one trace of cancer. Why? Because of the power of God. The power of God's not just in here. It's in here. The Bible says it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. You're not alone. You have God living inside of you. It's okay. I brought my own. I'll inspire myself here. It's all good. It's all good. I'm okay. Michael, give me an amen every now and then, would you, buddy? But here's the kicker for me, verse 8. So there was great joy in the city. So this young teenager, he's getting up on benches and he's preaching. Hey, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. This young boy has been bold. He's stepping out. He's doing something. People are getting healed. People are getting set free. And there's great joy in the city. You see, we would call that revival. We would call that an awakening. 
And they are cool words, but let's not get too stuck on those words. There's no other name given to man by which he can be saved, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not all about revival. It's not all about an extended song or an extended meeting. It's about your heart. Where is your heart positioned with Jesus? There's great joy in the city. So that blows my mind that this whole city's getting rocked. Then the angel of the Lord comes to Philip and says, I want you to go on a 100K walk and find one guy. You see, I wonder if Philip went, actually, angel of the Lord, I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of better with the crowds. People are getting healed, set free, delivered because I'm preaching. But he didn't. My translation said he got up and went. He got up and went. You see, that one encounter with that eunuch, that eunuch was a big, a big deal. That eunuch took the gospel to Ethiopia because of the obedience of one teenage boy. Because here's the day, yeah, here's the deal. One day, you were the one. And if you believe the Bible enough, if you believe this book enough to save you, that the words in this book, are the, it's the word, the word of God, you believe this thing that much that you're born again, then with that same belief that's in you, use that belief to go and tell the world. Your schools, line of girls there, your schools need Jesus. I can't go there tomorrow. I'd love to, but I can't because I'm not a teenage girl. But you guys can. Take Jesus. Take him into your workplace. Take him into your university. We'll unpack a little bit more of that tonight. So Jesus left the 99. That was the verse that was preached the night I got saved, that he left the 99 to go after the one. And you see, when you do share the gospel, don't think that everyone's going to go, wow, that's amazing. Thank you. I had a tooth punched out. That was pretty cool, actually. He hit me so hard, I didn't even see it coming. I just saw the tooth go, do, 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 do. And then he said he, wants, he wanted to steal my shoes, my Doc Martens. And I said, bro, you're not having my shoes. You just punched me in the mouth. So I went around the front of the cathedral in Christchurch and my face was all bleeding. My tooth was on the other side of Christchurch. And I said to my friends, I go, oh, Daz, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. The guy that punched me is just waiting for me because I want some money. Who's got money? Give me some money. And I got all this cash together. Came back to the guy who punched me. I said, bro, you're not having my shoes, but here's some money. Go and buy your own shoes. Jesus loves you so much. It rocked his world, man. So even though sometimes it may not look like it's going well, God will use you in those situations because success in the king, uh, uh, obedience is success. Success is obedience. I remember I went into a, a gym in Aussie and uh, I just, this lady working out, I just went up to her and said, hey, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. I didn't kind of know what else to say. And she said, oh, good. 
super awkward. As Christians, we need to learn how to do awkward well. I didn't know what to say, and I just said, hey, look, I, I just saw you, and I just felt to come and talk to you. I just want to say these five words to you. You are not a mistake. She just burst into tears in the gym, just bawling and bawling. I gave her a big hug. You see, the, the, the day before she was on her couch, remembering that her mum used to say to her, I didn't even want you when you were born. Just a word of knowledge. Bang. That same gym I shared with the guy on the counter. And I thought he was down with her. I thought we were friends on Facebook. I thought him and I were, he, he's a cool dude. And uh, he reached out to me a few months ago and he said, oh, we're friends on Facebook again. I thought, oh, I didn't think we weren't. He said, you deeply offended me. I said, why is that? And you, because apparently I said to him, I can't remember the conversation, but I, he said, you said to me, if I die tonight, will I go to heaven or will I go to hell? And it really offended him. I want to ask you the same question right now. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Ponder that while you watch this last little clip. I met Daz about two years ago in Cairns where I live, North Queensland. Um, I was running and working in the fitness industry as a personal trainer and was working on the front counter of a gym one day and um, Daz come up to me. And I thought, wow, who is this guy? Um, we had a good conversation and then Daz asked me the question. He said, Mark, if you died tonight, where would you go? And the conversation moved on and Daz was like, Mark, if you died tonight, you, you could go to hell. I was so offended. <laughs> I was so offended. Um, I was so offended that I blocked Daz on all my social media, but I didn't want to know about it. But I'll tell you something, he was 100% correct. Jesus wasn't at the center of my life and I wasn't living my life with a, as a Christian. You see, I've been a drug dealer. I was a drug dealer for about 20 years of my life. I lived so far from God and I thought I was a Christian. And if I had died, I actually would have gone to hell. So see, Daz planted a seed that night and it was a seed of doubt with the way I was living my own life. It was a seed of truth that if I had died, I would have been going to hell. I'm clean now. I haven't touched any drugs. I'm free. I had a really bad cocaine problem two years since I've touched that. Weed was the hardest one for me. I haven't touched any weed now for eight months. Me and my partner have never got along so good. Jesus is at the center of our lives. We attend church, but it's not just that. It's how we live our life. We put Christ at the center of our relationship. He's at the center of my world. My whole life's changed. I'm no longer an addict. I'm set free. Glad you asked me that question, Daz. Glad you challenged me. Much love. Yeah, the power of the seed. The power of the seed. God wants to use you. They're not just little clips and little stories of an evangelist doing the job of the evangelist. It's just normal Christianity. It's just little snippets of normal Christianity. Yesterday, we were driving. Where were we driving? Oh, we were driving. We drove to your house, bro. Yesterday. And... Uh, car pulled up beside us and I, I was driving because I like driving and uh, and I put the window down because I had a word for him and I and the, I just looked at him and felt that uh, that he has a praying mum this is in Hamilton yesterday and I said hey bro and he wound his window down he goes yeah 
I said, hey, have you got a praying mum? No. See, is that a fail? If, if success is obedience, that's a win. Because I said, bro, Jesus loves you, man. You know it and took off. But the seed, I tell you that story. Why? Because the word was wrong. I got it wrong. So I'm never going to do it again. Never even. It was so embarrassing. No. What if we're doing it for an audience of one? It doesn't matter. Because he heard the words, Jesus loves you, bro. So even if you get it wrong, get back up and do it again. Maybe you struggle with rejection or fear of man. I can help you. It's so simple. Today, go and get five good rejections. It will burn it out of you, man. I'm not even joking. You're not supposed to be afraid of people. We're supposed to be an army. But my goodness, we need to be an army that shoots that way, not this way. We don't want to shoot our own soldiers in the, in our, in the same trenches. I don't like him because he's got tattoos on Really? If God had an issue with the tattoos on my neck, the day I got baptised, I would have come up looking like you. I love you, but we've got to keep it real. We pray for the harvest to come in. What do you think they're going to come in looking like? Ned Flanders? No. They're not going to come in with a joy smile book in their pocket. They'll probably come in with a bag of weed or a knife. Let's not judge. Let's love. Last year was a really tough year for me. Uh, with, I had five operations. And it was really, really, really tough. And, and still traveling. Or doing my best to travel because this is my job. This is how I pay my mortgage. So I kind of had to. And, uh, and I remember it was a Sunday night and I'd, I'd had, I think I had my third surgery. And, and I was in the hospital in my bed and I had stitches I had a drip attached, attached to my arm. I had fans going because my temperature was so hot. And I heard so clearly. You see, it's not a gift to hear God's voice. You don't need to come here. I lay my hands on you and you receive the gift of hearing the Father's. He'd be a pretty average father if he didn't talk. The issue is not God's not talking. The, the issue is us not listening. He spoke to me and he said, get up. Just like the angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up. And I went, no way. There's no way I'm getting up. Like I had to psych myself up to go to the bathroom like for two hours because of the pain. And that's like three meters away. There's no way I was getting up. And he just kept saying to me, get up, get up. And I believe this is a word for you today. It's time for you to get up. So I negotiated with God. I'm, you know, used to have a drain lane company, Mr. Pooh, and I, I was quite good at negotiations. So we started this negotiation, and I thought he was sweet with it. And I said, Lord, I won't get up, but I'll listen to a full Bethel sermon for one hour, worship and everything. You're good with that? Awesome. At the end of the sermon, get up, get up. <laughs> 
So I got up and I was in a lot of pain. It was uncomfortable. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable and that's okay. If you're living a life of comfort, there's no need for the comforter. It's the truth. So I got up and I, I get into the corridor. I've got my, my drip and I've got all these stitches and I'm not doing well at all. And I stood in the corridor and I said, now what? <laughs> you know, if nurses see that, you're in trouble. They'll put you in a padded room. The big fella's talking to himself. I said, now what? And I just felt to keep walking. So I'm walking down. I walk past the room, walk past the second room and I see an elderly gentleman. He is standing, looking out the window in the hospital. So I just took my trolley and went over to him and said, hey bro, how are you going? He said, not so good. I said, why, what's happening? He said, today, not yesterday, not a month ago. He said, today, the doctors come to me and they said, there's nothing more that they can do for me. No more treatment. I'm going to die. And I went, oh. You see, I was lying in my bed comfortable and God was saying get up and I had no idea why he wanted me to get up until I met Steve and I said Steve I was in my room man I I really feel God wants me to come and talk to you he said I don't believe in God he said I'm not religious I said actually neither am I look at me not religious I'm an undercover Christian And I started sharing with him and he was just not interested at all. And I just said, Steve, give me your hand. He gave me his hand and I believe in the power of God with everything in me. And I grabbed his hand. I said, Jesus, touch this man today. And as I started, as as I'm holding his hand, he starts trembling like this. Tears start welling up in his eyes. And I said, Steve, please let me share the gospel. Give me two minutes, Steve. I'm saying the exact same thing to you today. Give me two minutes. I want to share the gospel to every single person in this room because here's the deal. When I shared with Steve, he opened his heart, he repented of his sin and he gave Jesus his whole life. But it was uncomfortable. But it was so worth it. It was so powerful, man. A couple of weeks later, I go back to hospital, more tests and I said to one of the nurses, you know you're having an impact in the hospital actually when the nurses come to you and you're sick, obviously, and they say, hey, could you go down to room seven? There's a guy in there and he's really struggling today. (laughs) In your face, devil. Yes, I can. It was awesome. And I said, how's Steve doing? She said he passed away a couple of days ago. You see, Steve today will be looking over the balustrade of heaven going, come on, Daz, you tell them. You tell them how hard my heart was. You tell them about the prayer that I prayed that changed everything. You see, one of Jesus' friends handed him over for a bag of coins. We can put that slide up of our king. The Roman soldiers, they arrested him. That's what love looks like. She just dim the lights for a little bit so you can see it. They arrested him. They put a sack over his head and they'd punch him in the face 
And they'd say, if you're really a prophet, tell us who just hit you. They were pulling out chunks of his beard. They tied him to a whipping pole and they started whipping him. The Bible says that his skin was hanging like ribbons. He did that for you, friend. He did that for you to say, hey, I love you that much. It pleased the father to bruise the son. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They stretched out his hands. They punched nine inch nails through his hands. They chopped his feet together. This is the gospel. Slammed another nail through his feet. They tied a rope around the cross and they pulled it up. The Bible says as he be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. Jesus died, rose again, appeared to a handful. The Bible says that he appeared to over 500 at once, the resurrected Jesus. 25 years ago in Wollongong, he, Australia, he appeared to me. And today he wants to appear to you. My question is, what are you gonna do with Jesus? Are you gonna get up? Or are you gonna let the sin that has separated you from him, let it just keep burying you? Hear my heart. That doesn't mean God's walking away from you, but the sin pushes you away from Him with all the guilt and all the shame. And I want you to know He's standing there today with His arms open wide. But my question is, what are you gonna do with Jesus? Today is your day. There's people in this room right now and you love God, but sin has come in and you're actually living a lukewarm life. Today is the day to come up here and get right with the King. But you see, if pride can kick an angel out of heaven, what on earth could pride do in your broken heart? So you're going to need to divorce that pride today. I'm gonna count down from 10.